A few weeks ago, Sophie and I had the opportunity to join healthcare professionals and performance coaches at the annual meetup of THT Plus members, Vault in Brisbane. VaultCon 2023 wasn't just about internal reflections and team building. It was a unique gathering of healthcare experts and thought leaders to discuss the year that's passed and the opportunities for data-led care in the years ahead. During my time at VaultCon, I got to speak to lots of people who were deeply involved and passionate about the intersection of technology and healthcare. And I'm bringing you a couple of those conversations here on the podcast today. First up, I speak to Carl Goodman from Athletes Authority about how his performance facility uses technology to improve athletes' performance metrics and streamline the rehabilitation process. Then I speak to Sean Palmer, a physical therapist and Vault team member from the US, and we spoke about demonstrating to providers the return on investment of technologies and the importance of leveraging metrics and data for effective patient treatment. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or ten minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual, or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode, or just go to talkinghealthtech.com survey. So my name's Carl. I'm one of the owners of Athletes Authority. We're a performance facility in, we have two locations actually, Sydney and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, our specialization is with athletes. In fact, it's all we do, which, yep. is, which is unique probably in and of itself. Um, and we do two things. We help athletes improve their sports performance and, and require tech to, to track that, objectify that, measure that. Yep. And we also use tech to essentially facilitate plethora of aggression through the rehab process. When athletes get injured, there is potentially commercial implications for them, yes. certainly psychological implications for them, losing out on sport and what they love to do, potentially what they're paid to do. Yeah. Um, so we use use tech to help facilitate that transition back to sport. Yeah, excellent. I'd love to learn a bit more about that tech. And you spoke a lot about the athletes in particular. Often on the podcast, we might talk a lot about the technology from the clinician or the provider's perspective, and then the patient might have a portal or something. But obviously seeing some of the technology around here, you know, there's there's things that people jump on and use to measure and all that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like though with this kind of things, like particularly with performance focus, um, patients and athletes that they, they, they like a bit of technology and rigor around the thing to be able to get amongst it. Yeah. Well, you know, we look, we look at how technology is integrating into our, you know, society at a, at a large level, but at just how we live day to day, whether it's wearables or whatever it might be. And, mm. and data visualization is becoming so important for athletes, especially, but even people in general to gauge progress. Yes. In the absence of that, especially with our market, with athletes, um, not being able to gauge progress easily is one of the biggest reasons why compliance will drop off or mm. engagement will drop off or, or whatever it might be. Um, and I can't imagine rehabbing an athlete from 
a day one Achilles rupture post-surgery yeah. to, you know, getting them back to sport without being able to integrate tech really easily, seamlessly, efficiently into mm. that rehab process, given how, say, monotonous an Achilles rehab might be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine life and business without it. No, no, no. And, and, you know, that that's... That's all part and parcel with a gig, right? You've got to have the scoreboard. You've got to know what the, the progress is sure. and how to how to kind of um, work towards, have a goal and work well, towards. Especially with sport. You yeah. know, every sport has a scoreboard. Right. So if you don't know what you're looking at, if you don't know how you're going, if you don't know if you're ahead, you're behind, mm. you're on track, um, yeah. that influences decision-making. So yeah. you have to have it. Hey, when we were chatting before, you brought up this really interesting point around, you know, some of the, the, the value of the technology that, that's brought in, obviously from a patient uh, and, and the athletes, some um, uh, outcomes perspective, but also from the, the business side of things too, you've got to kind of find that balance between being able to find those patient outcomes, but also run a sustainable or growing business too. Sure. Well, everyone has to win. Yeah. And you know, you have three primary stakeholders in your business. You have your patients or your athletes or your clients, whatever you want to call that. Mm. You have your team. Yeah. Um, and then you have the directors, investors, shareholders equity owners mm. and my philosophy is that for a business to be successful all three stakeholders need to win so from you know we've spoken about the the patient perspective yeah. they need good tools that allow them to track their progress from the team perspective they need probably some objective data to help make informed decision making mm. and then from from the the business owner perspective we need ways to monetize the value that we provide and that can be one of the challenges especially when there are so many physiotherapists physical therapists allied health whatever it might be mm. providing what seems to be a relatively commoditized service we all offer treatment and yeah. diagnosis you need to be able to differentiate that mm. Um, mm. and what we've been able to do i think relatively well and perhaps why we're here mm. is we have found essentially three ways to integrate tech uh, specifically the the bold stuff and that's what we're here yeah. mm. to create some really great monetization models um, mm. for ourselves and that's that's probably why we're here yeah that's interesting in itself too i think from a clinic owner's perspective they might think about a lot of the technology that they incorporate in their practice you know in that in the bottom section of the pnl and in the cost section and not actually contribute a lot of that top line towards um you know, yeah, you see it as, a, as an expense. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's at the bottom part of the PL, yeah. but you, but it's quite, and it's quite possible that that all it, that's all it is. It's mm. possible that it is only just an expense mm. for you. And of course, I would say, do you want to change that paradigm? Yeah. Because you, yeah. it doesn't need to be. Mm. Um, we look at the influence of tech on, on our top line, um, and it was massive. We were able to do a whole bunch of things once we integrated tech and, and had a really robust battery mm. um, for the testing and the rehabilitation of athletes. That has massively increased our top line. There are three main ways which we monetize tech. Mm. The first is in differentiation at, uh, at the front end. So if we think about clinicians, physios, whoever it might be, having that initial console, they're is some price ceilings that are typically associated with that you know you you at the lower end it's 100 bucks at the mm. upper end it's 220 bucks or whatever it might be and you've got most people probably some falling in that bell curve yeah somewhere in the middle you push too much further than that for just offer initial consult and and you, you might get a fair bit of price resistance you're under that and people go well are these guys really mm. good enough so you know you've got downsides on both sides of the curve yeah um but what we've been able to do is completely reposition what an initial consult is initial consult now is no longer just your orthopedic assessments your sub subjective assessments and then a diagnosis your initial consult is actually a 
two and a half hour process where there's mm. athletic profiling, there's testing of good limbs, there's baseline data that's collected yeah. alongside everything I just spoke about yeah. previously. And that's got us from, you know, 190 bucks for a consult to 497. And ironically, you get higher uptake now with yeah. that yeah. Um, because it seemed to be more valuable. And to your earlier point, everyone wins, right? You can you can you know, run a sustainable business and, and and bring on more staff with confidence, the quality personnel to be able to deliver those outcomes for for whether it be the high performance athletes or, or patients or anyone in between. So. Yeah, and I've seen it work too um, in the in the general pop space. Mm. We get the benefit of of being able to work with athletes, which helps this process along. Certainly, mm. there's no doubt about that. But this will work too, and I've seen it work with general pops yeah. as well. They, they have an appetite. Mm. And I think their their maturity and their understanding of their own bodies and performance and, and tech and data is increasing yeah. as wearables come out and all those things. And mm. they've got an appetite too for a better objective understanding of how they're moving. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's one way in which we do it. Probably the most interested for those who are clinicians or um, clinic owners out there is what's happened to lifetime value of the customer or mm. patient visit average is often the acronym that, that's used. You know, we, we typically see um, anywhere between, say, about 6 to 12 visit average mm. for a solution to an injury. Um, people get out of pain, they, they drop off as pain is no longer mm. a driver, um, and you, you might monetize anywhere between, say, $1,000 to $2,000 for that patient. And there, yeah. there's buffer either side, of course. What we observed is the moment we started integrating tech and we were able to build tech into milestones, mm. That, it, that went well and truly past pain into performance. Um, we use that tech to facilitate those milestones. We increased patient visit average. We went from about $2,000 or 1500 bucks around there to our, our average is between $5,000 and $6,000 per yeah. athlete. So yeah. that, that's got a huge commercial yeah. um, effect on how you run your business because you don't need to rely on so much acquisition because you've got more value per person you yeah. can look after. Means you invest more in the means the team's more invested in their outcomes. Mm. Um, there's a lot of wins that come off the back of spending more time in the same person rather than continue having to find more people. Thank you for sharing that because it's great inspiration for those that might be, you know, doing something similar or even applying it to the general population, as to say, in, in other clinic settings too, and hopefully helping people to think about how they can integrate technology into the way they practice and, and not just sit in the cost center all the time and, and actually do the... Yeah, it, it, so. it does not need to sit there collecting dust. Yeah. If, it, if you can find a way to build it into your offering, um, whether it's even just as a value add mm. um, to create some differentiation and yeah. observe it over a period of time, have a look at your patient visit average for the six months prior to its implementation versus six months after. And you know, all of a sudden if you go, oh, actually, that's interesting. I'm, I'm getting two more visits out of every patient. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that's macro, isn't it? You've got to measure it around the measurement. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you've got to implement measurement tools, you probably need measurement tools for the measurement tools. Um, I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, lastly, to, to wrap things up, you know, is there anything in particular you've taken away from the last couple of days here at Volcon that, that you're looking to implement? Oh, well, besides, besides the inspiration that is involved, um, to, to see, see Laurie um, build a build a team behind this vision yeah. um, is is nothing short of inspirational, but also reminds us all to, to keep a really big picture. These guys are playing for the long game. I think it's really easy in business to be driven by short-term, immediate, reactive decision-making. And mm. you can tell that the decisions that Laurie and Sam and the team are making in management here 
is for the long term. They're playing long term. They're thinking long term. They're keeping that central to the thesis and the vision. Yeah. That's inspiring. I think mostly for me. So it was it was a nice humbling reminder that I've got a long ways to go. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness. 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. My name is Sean Palmer. I'm a physical therapist and athletic trainer in the US. I'm down in the state of Arizona. Nice. And then I'm a business development manager with Vald. Um, so work throughout the state of Arizona through um, professional performance clients, uh, health clients, and tactical in that area as well. Nice one. I guess the Arizona weather and the Brisbane weather, there's, there's some similarities. Right now they're polar opposites. I think it was 115 Fahrenheit when I when I left there. Yeah, right. Okay. In Atlanta, this is this is beautiful. Yeah, and no, this is this is good. This is good. But so yeah. uh, obviously being part of Vault, it's great that Vault's got um, such a global presence. Do, do you find that the the conversations you're having? on your side of the world are quite consistent with the conversations happening here in other parts as well. Yeah, this is actually really interesting. We just came out of a, a talk with Orca Performance talking about um, the different challenges that they face mm-hmm. uh, up in up in Canada. It's really interesting hearing not only some of the similarities, but also some of the glaring differences. So even like things they're not allowed to do there. So even from Google reviews and stuff like that, they're saying that right. you know the government takes certain things down or Google's uh, algorithm is taking certain things down. Yeah. So things that we have to deal with, but the, uh, then the clinical side, like getting a limitation and bought in from from the patients is very much the same. I mean, that's universal. Yeah, and that's hard in, a, in an industry that like, yes, from a clinical side, it needs to be appropriate. And, and you know, I can see from, you know, on one hand why having more traditional reviews is probably not great, but at the same time, from it's in, it's in this blended industry around athletic performance slash, you know, areas that it might be somewhat competitive. So it would be advantageous to be able to speak about all the wonderful work that, that's happening within these clinics. So it can be a challenging um, um, landscape, I imagine. It's even hard too. like a challenge beyond that is like they, he was saying they can't, like a physician cannot try to steer you toward any any specific spot so, so they came and say hey this place gets killer outcomes because they're implementing tech or they're doing yeah. they're a step ahead so they can't legally say go do go to this place because it works yeah and that's that's I would love to tell insane. you what's working but i'm not allowed to right yeah yeah and that's a bit out well um I, I assume being in the u.s you're not short of your own challenges to to face i'd love to learn and also opportunities as well i'd love to learn a bit more about the landscape that you're operating and maybe how some of this technology is um, um getting some of those outcomes too I was giving a talk to to the U.S. group today about navigating um, healthcare insurances. Um, obviously, that's you know, every every country has their own challenges with, yeah. with 
navigate that landscape. It's, so it's one thing when you go out to like cash base, especially when you go into like performance facilities, it's, it's one argument when you go into an insurance-based clinic that has to build specific codes and specific instances and have those those pay restrictions, it's a very different argument. You have to okay. frame ROI very differently uh, with, with those clinics. So it presents some challenges, but if you, I'm trying to teach them, like you know, my background has been in directing clinics and, and programs before, so I've been on that side of being the person you're trying to convince. Okay. Um, you know, that decision maker and, and try to figure out the ROI with them. So I'm trying to put them in that same headspace and use that same math and figure out how you, how you work that. It's mm. extremely challenging. Yes. Because no one argues that using this tech, using better metrics will get you better outcomes. Nobody can, can argue that. But getting them to A, get the ROI and the buy-in from that to see, okay, there is a path to pay for the systems. Um, but then also just to understand how you use these metrics because it, it can be so overwhelming. You, yeah. you look at force plate metrics and any one jump is 220 metrics and you get completely lost in that. I get that we need to demonstrate the return on investment for some of these technologies because they do have good patient outcomes, but how do you communicate that? And the data, I imagine, would form a good base of that communication. But you kind of already started to get to a point in those games. A lot of the people making those decisions probably don't come from the clinical background and really understand the, the metrics they'd be looking at from the, the force plate and all the other kind of bits and pieces that are really important. So I imagine it's just as important to get a lot of quantitative data captured, but also building those relationships and, and, and doing a lot of general human things like communication, expectation setting and everything. So is there, am I kind of on the right path here? There's a bit of that balance that needs to take place too? Yeah, I think there's, there's first educational uh, pathway to see that they just we're just not aware of what metrics there are mm. possible out there. Um, so let's say with um, one thing I was talking to recently just about helping someone get up out of the chair, you know, sit to stand to sit test, but now you can break apart. How long does it actually take them to rise up fully out of that chair? Then what does their symmetry look like when they're actually out of that chair? How long does it take them to sit back down into it? And you just watch the clinician like, my gosh, each, each phase of that, like will direct my, mm. my treatment differently. You know, I can look at, at speed-based stuff. I can look at what strength looks like, either coming up or out. Like, there are all these ways that now will inform their their treatment, but it's different than how they're thinking. Yeah. Because they're just so traditional in how, how they've thought before. Mm. So just things that they need education. In your experience, too, in, in understanding the U.S. landscape, if there are those particularly operating in Australia or potentially other parts of the world, too, that, that might be a bit overwhelmed, as, as might I be, in terms of trying to understand the... Um, uh, whether it be remuneration or, or, or the, the way the system is funded in the US, how might, is there any advice or ways to think about or resources that you're aware of um, that those from outside the system might need to think about before trying to barge their way in? You talk about it like on our side from like the tech company side? Sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually, you know, it could be from, um, I imagine that was where I was coming from, but it'd be interesting to hear from other perspectives. So the nice thing about, about our system is that we don't have, uh, like we're allowed to go outside of that, like the cash-based systems and stuff. You know, yeah. so any clinic, whether they take insurance or not, like they can still just take a, a cash base and, and make their own, um, let's say, performance evaluation or something like that to, yeah. to to get whatever money they have. You have restrictions that don't allow you to do that in other countries. Yeah. So we have that freedom to do that if you're at least outside of Medicare. Medicare, you can't you can't do whatever right. you want with them. So you're your 65 plus crowd. Those are, are usually the easiest arguments. The ones that you can argue, like, hey, here's a cash-based. Mm. you know, evaluation or something for you. Um, I still see patients on the side under, under cash base. It's a lot easier to do that and say, hey, you want to come outside the insurance system and see me because I have a higher level of ability to test you. Okay. Um, within the insurance based system becomes a little, little bit 
um, more interesting. You can navigate. Like mm. one thing I was talking to my my group about is that there's a code that a lot of practitioners don't know about that they can utilize and start actually building a different type of valuation for. Um, that that's working pretty well. Mm. Um, and, and these clinics that are in, in the insurance world, like they want something like that. They just need to understand what those solutions are because they don't they don't yeah. see them. They're not aware of them. I was going to say use the term cheat codes, but that's maybe not the right term. But they, you know, just being able to understand and navigate the landscape and in, in, in being able to um, justify all the great work that's done and, and be remunerated fairly for it. I think that's um, reasonable. Lastly, thinking about then, you know, the stuff you'll take away from, from meeting up with um, colleagues from around the world and, and clinicians. So anything that, what are some of those key elements that you'll take away from this session to back to the US? I think it's great to hear. So one of the days we did... Uh, the leader of each kind of continent or different part, part of the world was talking about what's going on in, in their landscape. Yeah. It's really interesting to hear what the unique challenges are. It also helps you, you know, think about our challenges a different way. Sometimes even thinking like, my challenges actually aren't that bad compared yeah, right. to that, you know? It's a perspective. You know, I, I have so many clients within this area and some people have to jump three countries before they have right. another client, you know, go through yeah. all these borders. Um, so that's the one thing that, that's been interesting to hear, but also just to, to see the different personalities and try to learn from each of them and try to figure out tricks and stuff that, that maybe work over here that, hey, it's a different system, but I, I can Same. implement that. Uh, and now it works. Okay. Um, yeah. But also to have these different people that, you know, now you you see them on LinkedIn all the time or, you know, you see them on different other social media platforms. Yeah. Um, but now you've got to actually hear them talk and you can actually reach out to them now yeah. more easily and say, hey, man, I, I ran into this. I heard you kind of mention this at another table. Yeah. Tell me a little more about this. Makes, makes such you a know, how could this, this help me as well? Yeah. Because um, even, you know, we have cultures that live in, in all different um, you know, countries. So I might run into someone yeah. that's from Egypt. So I can reach out to him and say, hey, culturally, explain something to me. Like, hey. like, meet a conversation that just didn't quite sit with me. Like, it. help me understand this. Yeah. Now I have someone that'll, that'll help me understand so I can meet them more on that cultural level too. Hey, before you go, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you enjoyed this show, write a nice review and give us five stars in your favorite podcast player. At the time of this recording, we've been stuck on 65 reviews on Apple. I'm not sure what that's about, but if this show is part of your regular routine and you've listened this far, it'd mean the world to me if you could take two minutes and write a nice review, give us five stars. It does more than just boost my ego. It also helps us climb the charts and reach more people. Thanks so much. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com. 